3: This is the Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
4: Okay, we welcome you in. We kick off week eight tonight down in Tampa. Of course, Baltimore, Tampa, that number two. It's been a wild roller coaster. We'll get to the machinations of that number as we welcome you in on this Thursday. He's Michael Lombardi, (sighs) a.k.a. Michael Microsoft Excel Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Oh, yeah. We get going today. That that looks pretty fresh. My man is people don't realize the hidden talents of one Mr. Oh, Michael yeah. Lombardi. He's 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 nice yeah. on the computer.
3: What's going on, well, buddy? You know, well, you think a lot. You know, I mean, as Yogi Berra said, when you sit down, you think a lot. You know, and so I, I'm trying to come up with a better way of handicapping the kind of the matchups. And and I got take it for a perfect example. I know we want to talk about the trades, and Elliot's done a great nice. job with the with with the uh, rundown, but. I, I th- Like this Atlanta-Minnesota game, Arizona-Minnesota game for me was a little bit of a dilemma. My number for the game was six. Minnesota should be favorite. My instinct said that that's too much. That's way too much. And the betting public moved the number. It's what, three and a half now, I think? So the line didn't look right. But, but then when I exa- I said, well, maybe my numbers for Minnesota are wrong. And so then that led me to I compared my numbers of Minnesota versus Arizona's numbers on that level field of all the things that I think matter in the game. And and Minnesota yeah. is really good. I mean, their numbers are really good. They don't look good. They don't look pretty. Yeah. But their, their numbers, points per play, seventh. Offensive line protection, sixth. I would have never guessed that. Sixth in red zone trips, right? Fourth in what they call luck, right? They're they're ninth in points per play defense, third in third down. I mean, they're in a lot of categories. They're really good. They have a nine-one advantage, meaning that they're in the top seven in nine categories, and they're in the bottom seven in one category. Meanwhile, Arizona's only good in one category. Arizona's got three, and they're bad in six. There lies my number. So so this is kind of how I got on it, Patrick.
4: And, and uh, yeah, and I was just looking at the Excel. It's it's a pretty cool uh, makeup that you have there. One thing that's fascinating about that Arizona Minnesota matchup, all of the tickets and all of the money at every shop on the Cardinals. On so the I don't cards. know if that surprises you. I mean, everybody's all over the card. You know that number open five and a half. It's down to three. And I half.
3: know, I know. It's a sharp play, as they say. And what have we learned about sharp plays over the last couple of weeks? Not so sharp. No, no. You know, look. I think this, and I wrote this for the Daily Coach this week. I think what happens to us in betting is what what is called availability bias. We remember what was available to us instantly, and it makes us look like we're really smart. Oh, I remember this last week happened, or this happened. you know. And pro bettors, what I've learned, because Vinny says it all the time, they just bet numbers, which I always find to be hard to believe. But when you just bet numbers, you take availability bias out of it. That's correct.
4: That's correct. Uh as we start off our week together, can I just do a wellness check because I am concerned about you? Uh, of oh, course yeah. we'll get to the football. I know where you're going. I know. Look, you got dude, you got to you got to pace yourself, okay? There's 82 games no. in an NBA season. The 76ers no. are 1 and 4. They lost last night 119-109 in Toronto and, and Maxie Maxi both went for 31. But I, I guess what I'm saying to you is, you have to pace yourself because you're going to have a meltdown. You're not going to make. No,
3: I'm not going to have a meltdown. I'm actually, I know the outcome. I think to me, this is a little bit. It goes. I'm going to throw it back to you, Patrick. You know, uh, Sheila Ford, the owner of the of the Detroit Lions, had meetings last week, and she said that you know, even though we're one in five, I feel very confident in my general manager and my head coach. Okay, well, that's great. There's a, there's a point of being loyal and staying the course, and there's also a point where you realize you're going down the wrong road. Like, you and I both know Detroit's going down the wrong road. Like, there's no, they're That's not going to fix this. Okay, we know that. It's the same thing in Philadelphia. This road that they're this dominant team, Toronto, who's never tried to tank, who's never went through the process, is by far the better team. I mean by far the better team. I mean they're longer, they're athletic. Philly couldn't even get into an offense. They couldn't even get into an offense. So when I watch Philly, they're not good. Their, their transition defense is horrendous with a capital H. They 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 talked about Embiid being in the low post. I read Doc's quotes this summer. Embiid's going to be in the low post. I can't find him in the low post. We're going to need to get John Walsh to see if he's ever been there before. I mean it's absurd. It's all just BS. And part of what we try to do here on the Lombardi line is streamline the the rhetoric that's being fed to us. Somebody's got to say, wait a minute, that's not true. Like, they're not this talented. They're not that good. It's there. I know nobody in Philly wants to hear it, although I can start to feel the rumblings now. You know, I read today, if they don't beat Toronto on Friday night, Doc will be in trouble. Doc should be in trouble after last year. He can't play defense, and he's got his best defensive player, Theibel, sitting on the bench. Has never given him a minute.
4: (laughs) It is. You said the other day, indifference. No, 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 no. Your relationship with the 76ers is love-hate. It is. It vacillates. And it's mostly hate right now, to be fair. Well,
3: I mean, partly because I see it through a Ginnie M's eyes. I see it through a team-building eyes. I was talking to a an NBA guy yesterday about the Lakers, right? About what's wrong with the Lakers. And he sent me this incredible text of all the things that are wrong with the Lakers. And, and all of them are, are really construction of the team. They're poorly constructed. And a lot of that is because LeBron's the general manager and he doesn't understand how to build a team. I know he's the greatest player of all time. Nobody could do what he do, but there's an art to building a team. There's an art to construction and I think what irritates me the most about Philadelphia is the lack of understanding the art of construction. The lack of all these people thinking the process was going to be the golden egg. Meanwhile, we're how many years into the process and it's, and it's, it's over. It's failed. Now you could say, well, they blew it with the picks. Doesn't matter if you don't, the process doesn't work if you don't make the right picks. And they said, well, they fired Hankey too soon. He would have made great picks. Did you see some of his picks? Did you see some of his picks? I'm not sure that's true. So, to me, I think that's the irritation with me. Elliot, you don't have to put up any graphic with the 76ers. It makes me want to get sick.
4: <laughs> okay, a couple of things. couple of three things. One, we're packed today. You got your boy Will Hill, Mike Samich, and Mike Palm. Okay, that's what we do on Thursdays. Two, how about a head nod to Elliot sitting in producing? All the effort he put into this rundown. So, let's get to it. But I just want to say this. I, I off agree. The top. I really do. I do appreciate all the effort. Elliot, you put into I that. do too, I Elliot. I don't want. Time.
3: I didn't want to go off on a tangent, but he got nope. me. He he no, no, knows no, 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 how no. to get I, me, I, Elliot. I, I did that
4: to you. He, he I know. I know I, you. I, that was he knows how to that get me. That was intentional. Me. I don't think you're wrong, but let's talk about the other Philly team and roster construct. So maybe we can juxtapose the 76ers and what the Eagles have done, and they just made a trade for the thirty-two-year-old uh, pass rusher there, Robert Quinn. Of course, a three-time Pro Bowler. Chicago wants to get younger. They got a fourth-round draft pick coming back. But you could turn this into a broader conversation about an Eagle team that right now is amongst the top,
3: what, 2-3 in football. They are one of the top 2-3 in football. But look, I think where you got to give the credit to the Eagle organization is they've been ahead of the curve. Let's just take 2017 when Dougie was going for it on fourth down. The Eagles were 62%. The league was 62% on fourth downs. You know, the Eagles were 62% you know it 3 years ago the league 3 years ago the league was at 51.3%. Today the league's at 38.8% on fourth down. And so the Eagles have been ahead of the curve they were ahead of the curve on fourth down. They're ahead of the curve on this what I call this six skill position offense. There's seven teams that are running it. I'm going to write about it tomorrow for Vison. There's seven teams are running it. It's a basis of the single wing. It's Oklahoma's offense. More run than pass, and it relies on the quarterback. We're going to have seven quarterbacks who are going to have over a hundred pass, a hundred rushing attempts in this league, led by Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, all those guys. Philly got ahead of that. Now Philly fell into that with Hurts, and then they built their team around that. They've got receiver, they got offensive line, defensive lineman. They've done they've done a nice job, and now they add this piece of Quinn, which you know, look, the guy's got what. He's played. He's got seven tackles, three three quarterback hits, and one sack. It ain't like he was playing good. That's why. That's why the Bears have to play this, pay the salary, and and then they get the fourth round pick. Like I said on the podcast today, like who else was offering? Nobody. If Pittsburgh would have offered a fourth, or Detroit would have, they would have taken that deal. There was nothing but less than a fifth. It had to be fifth rounders or less for this guy. So, but again, it adds to the Philly. It adds to the Eagles. It adds to their defensive line. Last time they played Dallas, they didn't get a quarterback pressure. They didn't get a quarterback hit. They didn't sack the quarterback. So they're trying to upgrade that. That's one of the areas that Philadelphia is not elite in this year. I give them credit for making that move. But what I give them more credit for is understanding who, what they had to do to build their team around a quarterback that's not a great passer.
4: Can never have enough defensive front fortification, and that's what they're doing. I mean, this is a team that wants to win a Super Bowl this year. It's completely different than what Chicago's up to. Chicago looking to dump, build towards the future. So they add Quinn. They get get rid of a fourth rounder. Feels like pretty good value coming back to the Chicago Bears. They had to do it. They had to move on from a 32-year-old pass rusher who's owed almost $14 million next year.
3: Right, and so they took the money this year. They basically said to Philly, you take them. They threw you a fourth. The, the, Chicago's going to pay the salary, most of the salary this year. Philly, you deal with you deal with everything else next year. You know, okay. I mean, yeah. and to get him out of there. They don't they don't have to worry about it. I mean, he wasn't even their best defensive lineman on the team. I mean, you know, so like he wasn't like this is usually what happens. Remember Robert Quinn, and I think it's a good trade for Philly. I'm not suggesting it's not, but Robert Quinn has always been one of these players that have gone up and down. You know, he hasn't always been. Oh, on the rise. When he was in L.A., he had a good year, but then he had a bad year. Remember they had a tr- they got rid of him then? It's kind of been back and forth.
4: And the Battle of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, that number sitting mostly 10.5 with Philly laying it, of course, coming up this Sunday. Okay, a feisty start. That's what we like to see. By the way, great article today over at VisaN.com for VEASAN pros. Our trends your friend, Steve Mackinnon. Make sure you check that out. When we come back, Baltimore Tampa Bay opens up week eight. This number has been a roller coaster, jumping the fence nonstop. We discuss next here at Lombardi Line.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables.
3: You You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, get everything VEASAN has to offer for the rest of the football season. It's 99 bucks. Again, become a VEASAN pro. I tell you every day, they're making cash. You can too. It's subscribe. So you get the pro tools. Uh, you get the article I just mentioned from and talking about betting trends and how to use them specifically. Lombardi's going to drop his Lombardi look-ahead tomorrow. That's for VEASAN pros. You get the tips. You get the tools. You get everything. It's $99. slash Subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. That 76er conversation very much continued into the break. For those who can score at <laughs> home, as we welcome you back, I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is my Oh, I hate him.
3: Oh, I hate him. I just he, hate him. It really
4: is. It's uh, it's, not, it's a lie. It's, it's Frank
3: Pantangeli. It's Frank Pantangeli. All they feed us is lies, lies, lies. Oh, a great bench. Oh, this is the best bench we have. Trading first-round picks. for. Give me a break. Go ahead, Patrick. Let's continue.
4: Well. Week eight kicks off tonight. And look, when I get to the injury report, and again, we're now, you know, close to midway through the season as far as the NFL is concerned. Once you start getting to these Thursday night affairs, the injury reports are wild. So we'll get to that in a second. Something else that's wild, a four and three Baltimore team, a three and four Tampa Bay team, uh, back-to-back losses, embarrassing losses with the Steelers and Panthers for the Bucks. But this line movement's crazy. So the look ahead was three. And then we saw what happened with Carolina in Tampa Bay so most shops open Michael Sunday you know one and a half two and then it flipped immediately Baltimore gets as high as two and a half then we jump the fence the other way and now we're sitting the Bucks two this has been a crazy as far as the line movement this has been a machination that I haven't seen in a while and a lot of it has to do with injuries I'll get to that in just a bit I think Mark Andrews his status is the most concern right now uh,
3: for Lamar Jackson No doubt. I mean, he's the guy he wants to throw the ball to all the time. And my line for this game before, you know, taking out the injuries was 1.87 Baltimore. I mean, let's be honest here. The last five games, uh, this team, Tampa Bay, is 29th in terms of all the numbers collated. You know, they're not very good. Baltimore's still at 7 in that area. So they're still playing pretty well there. You know, and when you break down the the areas of strength – For both teams, I mean, Baltimore is is by far the better team in terms of producing better numbers. But Tampa now has faced this huge obstacle with their secondary being devoid, and they're going to have to try to play this single-wing offense, this six-skill position offense, like they did Jalen Hurts last year. So what they did last year against Jalen Hurts was they set the edge outside in. They made sure that Winfield and their corners – and everybody tackled the quarterback from outside in, and they encouraged the ball to be run inside. And they had Vita Vea, and they had, and they had the, the, the Sue inside the it with Devin White. Now they don't have that. Vita Vea's not playing as well as he did last year. Sue's not there. Akeem Hicks isn't there. And so when they played against the team, when they play this game tonight, if Baltimore runs the ball inside, don't be surprised. And without, without, without that. Let's go offensively. They can't run the ball on anybody. They've been poor at third down conversions. I mean, they're 24th with Tom Brady. They're 24th in the amount of red zone trips they get. To me, a critical number. How many times do you get to the red zone? Right? How many times do you get there? We all talk about Denver, right? Denver's offense being bad. It is. They're 27th in red zone trips. They don't get there enough either. So my point here is, is that that this offense can't run, they can't get in the red zone, and they really don't have a go-to guy that they want to feature. Evans is a good player. Godwin's a good player. But again, we talked about the Lakers on the break, a poorly constructed team. Right now, the Bucks are a poorly constructed team.
4: They can't get anything deep. So this week, Todd Bowles has talked about wanting to take shots deep. How about yards per pass attempt against Carolina? 5.9, Michael. The reason is Tom Brady's not getting protection. So as soon as he drops back, he's getting rid of the ball quicker than anybody because that offensive line is completely jacked up right now. Five starters out for Tampa tonight. Evans is questionable. Gage is out. Cameron Braid is out. Godwin's essentially your only healthy receiver. Defensively, Winfield and Davis, the two cornerbacks, the safety, starting left guard, offensive front. I mean, this is a Buccaneer team that has lost four or five. They're 0-5 ATS their last five. They're in a bad, bad way. Yeah,
3: and, and look, you know, here's the thing, too. I, I I mean, I don't care. It's like Baltimore signed Deshaun uh, Jackson. Like, that's an insignificant signing. That's telling me they don't really know who their quarterback is because Deshaun Jackson, as a vertical outside threat, and he could probably still run, it's not going to matter for Lamar. Lamar needs an inside receiver. Lamar needs somebody in the middle of the field, a slot receiver. He needs a, a nickelback. Same thing with Brady. Same thing with Brady. And Brady has always been, and he has always been a yards-after-the-catch quarterback. And whenever you see a di- a dip in his production, whenever you saw a dip in his production in New England, it was because Gronk was hurt, Edelman or Welker or Amadola weren't on the field, and James White or Shane Vereen weren't there. Those three pieces have to be with Brady. They don't have to be elite they don't have to be Hall of Famers. They got to be good players. They have to be good players, and he doesn't have that.
4: The problem for the Bucks is this is a secondary with the Ravens that you can take advantage of, and they're banged up in the secondary. But they don't have anybody healthy on offense to throw the ball to, and they can't protect the quarterback. Now they m- may get a little reprieve as far as uh, you know Baltimore not necessarily. Right up front. Now, Baltimore, how about this, Michael? So they failed to cover a four straight. They're 0 3 1 ATS, their last four. 23 20 win. You called it with Cleveland, a division rival last week. So again, secondary's banged up. Humphrey and Peters are both question marks. Mark Andrews is the key here because Bulls is going to blitz Lamar Jackson. And when he's blitzed, he constantly targets Andrews. Andrews didn't have a catch last week.
3: Yeah. But part of that, too, was because of how. Cleveland, Joe Wood, played him. He jammed him at the line. He rerouted him in a route. He basically said, Lamar, you t- we're taking him away. And Lamar responded, or Greg Roman responded, by calling 16 pass plays. Fortunately, they were able to stay on the ground and run the football. Now, that's the Achilles here, too, of Tampa this year. They can't play the run. They haven't been very good at, a, at stopping the run. I mean, Carolina had a 70-yard run. They had a 30-yard run. I mean, they're giving up 4.4 yards per play in the running game. And they're only gaining three point yards in the passing, in the run game. I mean, they can't run the ball or defend the run. That's a bad combination. And so that's why they've won one of the last four games. I mean, think about it, Patrick. They've only won one game in the last five. They beat Atlanta 21 15, and they had to get a beneficial call to get that one done.
4: Well, how about this? Tampa Bay scored twenty or more points three times this season, and two of those they scored twenty and they scored twenty-one. They just don't put points on the board. And they don't. You just the, nailed it. As far, go, please fin, figure, finish your thought. Well,
3: I mean, the only game they scored thirty-one points was against the Chiefs, right? And that was kind of like a the game's overtime type of situation.
4: That's correct. The what I was going to bring up, Michael, is you know the idea of Todd Bowles' defense not stopping the run. That's where this might be a lost season because his defense always is great
3: against the run always. and Carolina picked them apart last week. Yeah. And p- partly too, Patrick is because of, you know, they don't have Sue. They signed Hicks. They hoped Hicks would stay healthy. He didn't stay. he hasn't stayed healthy for them. He didn't stay healthy last year for the bears, you know? And so you don't have him now, you know, you've got Natchez Roaches in there with Vita V. Who's not playing the same level. They've, you know, they got, they drafted Logan Hall in there. You're not the same team, Right. And then offensively you're not the same team. You just you're not the same offensive line. You know, everybody makes a big deal out of Julio signing there, right? Oh, Julio sign there. What do we say on this show? Like, is he gonna play? He looks great on paper, but a one game, oh, Julio's back. You know, how many times are you gonna read that Julio is a game time decision? Right. I mean i mean you g- dur- know durability matters. Durability matters. I mean you swing when you sign that guy, when you sign that guy, you got to say to yourself, "He, we can get, we're going to get at least a, a season out of him, or else what are we doing?" I got this game
4: of pick'em, just a toss-up. If Andrews is out, I think you favor Tampa Bay, but I don't know how you lay anything with Tampa at this in this spot. Look, this is it. What we saw last week against Carolina was a systemic meltdown. Like they got bullied,
3: yeah, they did. And they only have what well, they don't really. They get back home Sunday night to prepare for a team that they're not used to playing. Here's the other factor, right? You know, let's talk about the coordinator matchup, right? They're not used to playing Baltimore. They're used to. Pl- they're not used to playing this six position skill offense, right? You know, they played Philly twice last year, but they're not used to this one. So, you know, what are they going to do? How are you? Go- you got to be fast and fresh to play this, right? You can't be slow. Now, that's the one thing Tampa's not when they're healthy. They're not slow, but you need Winfield. You need your corners who will tackle. I think it's a challenge. I mean, to me, I don't – you know, I'm not a big – to me, it's so hard to handicap Thursday because – not because it's on national TV, but because the injury is really a factor, whereas on Monday night we have more time to to clean it out. Okay, at one
4: point during the week, Tom Brady was going to be a home dog. It doesn't sit that way anymore. Uh, But remember, Baltimore got up to two and a half. Brady is a home dog. is ridiculous. He's eight and three straight up, 10 and one ATS. But there's a trend when we come back, I'm going to give you, that really supports Baltimore tonight. We'll get to that next here at Lombardi Line.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line
4: presented by BetMGM as we welcome you back, of course. Week eight kicks off tonight down in Tampa. And right now, Tampa's laying two. Tremendous job, Elliot. Here's this the Ravens are 0 7 on the fourth quarter spread this season. Jackson has struggled, you know, first seven games this season, or, you know, 12 touchdowns, excuse me, 12 touchdowns the first three games, but has only accounted for three scores over the Ravens' last four games. So, you know, it's weird with Jackson. Because we've talked about the Brady struggles and a lot of that's offensive line and his skill position being banged up. I, Michael, does Jackson look a step slower to you since he's bulked up? Like he's still no. a shifty. as he like the quick twitch? Uh, he does, but he looks a little slower to me.
3: I I don't see it. I was talking to a coach that played against him, and and it said he was right in front of him, and 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 somebody went to go tackle Lamar, and the next thing you know, he was gone, and the coach was like, "Holy hell, that guy's," <laughs> you know, it's like, "Wow." So, I, I don't he's see incredible. that. I, again, I think that the construction of the team, I mean, the lack of really ever getting them under center to me is a problem. Uh, you know, and they don't have complimentary receivers. You know, Bateman was playing good for him for a while, and then he's hurt. Is he going to come back? You know, they're, now they're counting on Kenyon Drake to come through for him. I mean, I mean like, they're just. They're just, to me, they're not, and their offensive line has not been healthy. I mean, let's be clear. Their offensive line, Ronnie Stanley's hurt all the time. They've kind of battled through that. They've been able to do that, but, you know, and and unlike a typical Ravens team, they've given up 71 points in the fourth and have only scored 25.
4: Calais Campbell's out. Mark Andrews, the knee, he's banged up. It looks like he's going to play. He hasn't practiced all week. Again, zero catches last week. Gus Edwards is questionable. Rashad Bateman's questionable. And, St- and Stanley, who you just mentioned, is questionable. So, again, this is Thursday night. Injury's always going to be a concern. But it's also two teams, even with that three-point win, which could have been a loss against their division rival in Cleveland, it, 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 it's two teams coming into this week, eight going the wrong way.
3: It's, yeah, no it's doubt. It's pretty
4: clear both these teams are trying to struggling to find out who the hell they are right now.
3: Well, I mean, look, there was a time early in the season, I think week three, where Lamar's numbers were unbelievable. They were MVP-like. Now he's down to 7.1 yards per attempt. Now he's down to, you know, he's thrown six interceptions over seven games going into tonight. You know, he hasn't played to the same level. He's been sacked 14 times already. You know, and it's a guy that can move around. So, like, again, what is the design of the team? Like, I again, I'm going to say it. Like, they don't, the team isn't that they can run the football, they understand how to run it, but when you're only trying to throw it 13, 16 times against Cleveland's bad secondary, I I, I don't, I mean, Bailey Zappi moved the ball on Cleveland. Come on now.
4: So I've got something for you and this is just random, but a a, friend, a professional texted it to me. He said, go over 72 and a half on Godwin with the prop. Okay, here's the reason. He's finally fully healthy, potentially the only healthy target for Brady tonight, a depleted Ravens secondary. Bulls has stated this week, he wants more deep explosive plays. Um, so again, the snaps are up for Godwin now that he's completely healthy. I know he's only gone over the 72 and a half once this year, the 95 yards in week six, six against Pittsburgh, but really Godwin is the only target for Brady right now.
3: Well, I mean, look, here's the reality. Brady only trusts Godwin. I think what what your pro betters telling you is play this over because only Brady only wants to throw it to one guy. Now the Ravens know this. They should be doubling Godwin the whole game because Ask yourself who's going to beat them. If Mike if Mike Evans doesn't play, you know, what, what what Brady doesn't want to do is the same thing Lamar doesn't want to do. They don't want to throw a lot of throws on the outside numbers. They want to throw the outside numbers when they know they can hit the comeback. Or, you know, the, the 50-50 balls outside where you got to lay it in there, those are not throws that they're really comfortable throwing. You're asking a shooter to shoot the ball at a spot where he doesn't want to shoot it. It's as simple as that. So I think, to me, you've got to be able to – that's why the middle of the field is where Brady has to live. Now, you can motion God went in. You can try to do what, what the Rams do with Cup is get him away from the doubles and throw the ball. But I know this, on a short week where Brady is preparing himself, he's only going to throw the ball to the guys he trusts.
4: Okay, there it is. Uh, quickly, breaking news here, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is v D the Esports Betting Network. Uh, Kadarius Toney has been traded to the Chiefs. So the Giants wide receiver, it's for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth to the Giants. So again, Kadarius Toney, kind of a troubled tenure there with the Giants has been traded to the Chiefs. Your initial reaction?
3: Well, I mean, look, Andy Reid has success with these kind of guys, right? Talented, but not very dependable off the field, not very in line. I mean, it's a little – he's been fortunate with it. I mean, Frank Clark got traded out of Seattle because of off-the-field stuff. You know, there's been a lot of these guys that have gone to Kansas City that Andy's been able to mentor or corral or get the most out of. And Tony's certainly a talented player. But there's issues that they can't seem to get – they couldn't get. And he wasn't buying into the culture – in in New New York, which he's never going to buy into culture. I mean, he wants to do his own thing. Can't stay healthy. Will he work hard? I mean, to get a third-round pick for this is pretty darn good for Kansas City. I mean, for the Giants, considering that, you know, I know he was a one two years ago or Joe Judge's last year, you know, but it's still going to be hard for him. I mean, he hasn't produced at all. He's never on the field. Durability does matter.
4: Another weapon for Patrick Mahomes, Kadarius Toney, the former Giant, is now a chief and a former giant first rounder, right? That was yeah. of course. I mean it your just tells you that,
3: that that there are the Giants are I mean, they didn't extend they didn't extend uh uh Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up the fifth year, they got a deal with Barkley. I mean, they're putting their program in. And when you break the Giants down and you look at what they've been able to accomplish and you look at my sheet here. It's somewhat remarkable for the talent level of their team on how they've been able to beat. like they are, Patrick. They are really in a lot of categories that determine winning. They're very good in. They're very good in those categories, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And the only category that they're really bad in is is where you know they they have no they have one red category which is offensive line. Too many too many times quarterback gets it, which we know that right. But they they've avoided being horrible really good in some areas and they're modest in others, but they're not not—they're not a disaster in some, like Washington or Carolina. And so they're able to play the game and get the game to the fourth quarter and see what happens. I mean, they're better than the Jets. How the Jets are playing is different than how the Giants are playing. People are lumping them together, but they're not the same.
4: Yeah, the Giants have been managed very, very well. And by the way, they're going to be a three-point dog or sitting right now in Seattle, a three-point dog. So the Giants continue. They're six and one. They're dogs every single week. Nothing changes there. Hey, quickly, Michael, before we're going to get Will Hill on, um, but quickly on this total tonight. So a little surprised to see it dip up the 46. So we've got a total on Thursday night. We know the numbers as far as primetime unders. But as Elliot notes, you know the Ravens are four and zero to the under the last four. But also, these are two teams that have been under bets all season. Baltimore's five and two to the under. Tampa Bay's six and one to the under. And it's a little elevated here at forty six. Are you? Yeah, expecting I mean, I'm.
3: I, I am because when you look at when you look at this on the paper, I mean, both teams are not great in the red zone defensively. You know, there's some things that you could see that you could do it. And both, but the concern for the over here is the quarterback's inability to get it down the field. Lamar's at 7-1 yards per attempt. Brady's at 6-6. It's hard to score a lot of points and hit that over if you're not making explosive plays. The Giants have it. I don't think the Giants have hit it over yet, right? They're the worst team in the league in explosive plays. But to me, I think that's where this game is. And I just don't think either defense is going to be able to sustain success based on the history, uh, based on the injury level of the, of the front of the Ravens, the secondary of the Ravens, the back end of the of the Bucks.
4: Let me give you some um, information that is going to surprise you less than most, and that is since Brady showed up in Tampa, he's been a dog exactly six times, Michael, six times. In those six games, Tampa Bay is four and two straight up, five and one ATS. So I think Mr. Brady knows when he's being doubted and he performs, that's how he's been in his whole entire career as a yep. dog.
3: No doubt. No doubt. I mean, but this is a different team. I mean, this is a different team. It's a little bit like when he was in New England, when he didn't have those things in New England, they were not the same offensive team that they were when he has those things.
4: Oh, this team's a mess. Let's be very clear. This, I mean, the, that performance, again, back-to-back, back, Pittsburgh and then into Carolina, uh, Carolina coming off that Rams performance to come back home and dominate the way they did like this is this is a team in a bad way right now with the bucks.
3: I mean when you when you lose twice not that you don't cover when you lose twice to double di- and to double digit as fa- yes. as a double digit favorite there's something really wrong with your team. Like there's something really wrong. It's just not the book, the book doesn't know it. The better, we don't know it. We think it's going to be flipped on and turned around, like we think the Rams are just going to automatically get it turned around. But when you lose outright, it's one thing not to cover. It's another thing to lose outright as That's a, a double-digit dog. Yeah.
4: I, what were they? Ten in Pittsburgh, thirteen in Carolina, and straight up losses. You don't often see a favorite. That, not two, two weeks in a
3: row. Not not two weeks no. in a row.
4: No. no. I, look. The market is very perceptive. The perception is it's Tom Brady. His football team is going to win games. I, I don't know if that's the reality right now. I, I, I don't think that they should be favored tonight. Maybe the wrong team's favored. But if anything, it's a it's a pick them. We got Will Hill next.
3: He's got to play in a prop. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. If you You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay,
4: I tell you about it every Thursday and for Monday. Football fans can turn a loss into a win at the king of sportsbooks. That's BetMGM. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on Monday or Thursday night tonight. If your bet loses, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long, so you can wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Again, first touchdown score prop Monday or tonight throughout the season. Get your cash back if you lose. It's a great deal. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older, that promotion not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Most shops, two right now. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. We bring in our buddy Will Hill take a deep dive with VEASAN insider William Hill. He's licking his wounds, of course, Michael, as his Yankees uh, meagerly limped out of the postseason and his Lakers, they, they might mm. be worse than the Pistons. They
5: might be, hold your breath, they might be worse than the 76ers. Hi, William. What's up, boys? Yeah, that uh, that draft pick that the Pelicans are going to get gets better and better every day, but can you imagine if that pick turns into Webb and I mean, look, they got a title out of it, but it has just been ugly ever since, and they might be in a situation where they have to trade Davis. They can't trade LeBron to next year, but they are a disaster. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the Sixers are going to turn around at one and four. They're fine. There's they're, we haven't canceled the parade yet. But the Lakers are a disaster.
3: Uh, yeah, if you haven't watched the Sixers, then if you think they're, they're not a disaster, <laughs> I mean, I can I can one up your disaster and raise you with a disaster because it, you know at least you have a at least you say all the moves they made they cut co- they covered. You know, the process proved out to fizzle down as much as everybody loved it, you know, and so now what are we left with? They're going to try to build a new arena here in Philadelphia, and they're not going to have a very good team to put in it.
4: Yeah, but at least you have fun personalities with the 76ers to pull for. I'm just playing. Their personalities stink. And LeBron running the Lakers right into the ground. I mean he hired Darvin Ham because I can't believe
3: you allowed it. this to happen, Will. I can't believe you didn't put your foot down yeah, and tell Will, LeBron Will. that look, like th- yeah, this please, is Will. this is my job. I, I know I'm busy running five college teams, twenty eight pro teams on baseball, football. But you gotta put you should have put your foot down. You let this happen. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen, Will.
5: It all started with Westbrook to give up assets, to give up useful players, to a guy that is just so toxic, it's ridiculous. And then they blame poor Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel won a championship like less than two calendar years ago. All of a sudden, he can't coach. It's all his fault. It's really not his fault. They are a complete disaster from top to bottom. And Look, they won a championship. It wasn't the bubble, what they did win a championship. But uh, it's going to be a long time before they sniff another one.
4: Yeah, you needed to put your foot down. You also needed to put your razor, uh, razor down because, my gosh, you look like a seal right now. You're as clean, no hair anywhere. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's go. You knew I was going to say something. Let's go, Minnesota. Michael was very complimentary of your team when he took a deep dive into the numbers. It's pretty wild here. Will Arizona's taken all the bets and all the money. It's down to three and a half. Are you a little surprised here?
5: I am not surprised. This Minnesota team at five and one is a complete phony. They have beaten nobody. They've only played two true road games. They've look at their wins: the Bears, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Saints. A bunch of backup quarterbacks. Their last game was against Miami. They got outgained. They gave up almost 500 yards of offense. They got outgained by 250 yards. They only got 11 first downs, and they somehow win the game because Miami had, you know, basically a whole football field worth of penalties. To be laying three and a half, I don't buy it. I think Hopkins is a big addition to get him back in the lineup for Arizona. Even if you're down 10 late, if you're Arizona, you got the back door open against this Viking secondary, which can't cover anybody. I think it's a close game. My guess is Minnesota would win, but I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona did. I love the three and a half here.
3: You know, I I mean, I I don't disagree. I thought the same thing too, until the numbers come out where Minnesota is ranked. I know their level of cop, they can't control who they play. I mean, I know they gave up a lot of yards against Miami, but they kept Miami from scoring. And, you know, the one thing about Minnesota is they've been really good in the red zone. They're really good in sack per plays, you know, first downs per defense. I mean, they're, they're, they're good in those areas. And so, it, to me, off the bye, I I don't know. I mean, I like Arizona's going to have to prove it to you to see what they can do. But Arizona, I mean, look, let's face it. You're trusting Kingsbury and Murray to make plays. And those two players, I I don't know if I do.
4: Are you done texting me about the lions, please? Can you be done texting me? Will about the lions. Okay. And I, Michael, I know I said the other day, like Jared Goff's maybe the worst I've ever watched. Again, his numbers don't point to that, but he's like a diet, Beverage where it's empty. You know what I mean? It's an empty, like, just have the regular Coke. Don't go diet Coke. He's just empty. Like, everything he does just feels empty. Golf. And right now, you've got Miami, Michael Lane, three and a
5: half at Detroit. Yeah. I'm glad I mean, punishment. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lombardi. Sorry. Go
3: ahead, Will. You take it because, I mean, this Miami team. No, I know he does. But this Miami team, I mean, like, this is a close game. When you break down the numbers of this game, this is really Uh-oh. you wouldn't think it's a close game, but it is a closer game because Miami's numbers, Patrick, are just not not what people think they are, especially offensively. Go ahead, Will.
5: Yeah, I, like yeah, I said, Will. I'm a glutton for punishment. I had the seven and a half last week. Got a good number. It didn't matter. Is they really matched Dallas yard for yard? They just they fumbled inside the one. The game got out of hand the last three or four minutes. But Goff, we know he's a different player indoors. He's a different player at home. I think they'll move the ball on Miami, who's not in good shape here in the secondary um, in terms of Howard. You know, Igbayani can't cover anybody. And look, Tua, I mean, let's face it. He, dro- he had at least three or four dropped interceptions last week. I don't know if it's because he's left-handed. The spin is different. Guys just with easy interceptions, too, letting, him, letting the ball hit the ground. To me, this is another situation where it's a field goal game. It's more of a toss-up game. I wonder if Campbell's starting to feel the heat. I know the owner gave him the boat of confidence, uh, but I do think Detroit can move the ball. Again, you got to worry about the backdoor cover here if you lay the 3.5. I just don't know that Miami's 3.5 points better than anybody on the road when you look at their offense this year. Um, you know, They had the game against the Ravens. Other than that, they have not been great on offense. And again, the secondary is a concern. So... Close game, field goal game. I'm okay taking the points. Pretty much all these games. All these games are there, there's so much randomness. There's so much variance. The underdogs have done so well here. I'm so uncomfortable laying points with any of these teams. So give me uh, my. Give me I need Detroit here plus the three and a half. I I yeah, actually. I'm, all kidding aside. I agree with
4: you. I like the three and a half with Detroit. Go ahead, Mike. I,
3: I, I don't think you can. I, I think you're right. I think you got to be. It, to me, Miami Miami's the most points they've scored is 21 points. I mean that's what made him kicking not kicking. That would have been the third highest point total he had all season. Like he's acting like he's coaching the 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 two you know the '99 Rams team. Like they're not scoring any points, and I think you're being very generous. I counted five times the ball should have been caught by by two, especially the last play of the game where he threw it to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh
5: just dropped it. And you know I'm Mr. Go for it guy, but there is a sense of the game where it's like you're up six, you're playing a rookie quarterback you're home, get the thing to nine. I totally agree. Sanders is a good kicker. Once in a while, it's okay to kick the field. Well, I'm actually on your side with that one where I wanted to get from six to nine because I had Miami and teasers. I didn't understand going for it there. Tonight, who do you think
4: should be favored? Because we've been talking about, this has been crazy as far as line movement, jumping the fence one way through zero the other way. Just like, what would your number be? Baltimore, Tampa, Tampa's lane two. Who should
5: be favored here? That's a great question. I'm surprised Tampa's taking the money. Uh, I know the injuries are a concern. Both teams, Winfield and bunting in the secondary for Tampa. Baltimore's all beat up. You, know, you think of Baltimore and you think of defense. They're not a great defense. They're not even an average defense. They're just kind of re- relying on turnovers. They've got 14 takeaways, which is the most in the NFL. I think it's tied for the most. To answer your question, to me, this is a toss-up game. I would lean towards Baltimore. I think they're a tough study. I think they're tough to prepare for in a short week. And I just think they're a pretty good matchup here. Tampa can't protect, Tampa can't run the ball. I was never a huge Bruce Arians fan, but I don't think this duo of Todd Bowles and Brian Leftwich has uh, impressed anyone. I would lean towards Baltimore. I just, I gotta play them in the first half because you could say it's bad luck. They've blown all these double digit leads. They've led every single game, all seven by double digits. So they could be seven and but hey, this inability to close games is real. To me, it's, it's a you know toss-up game. I would take the two. I think they're a good teaser piece. I think Baltimore on the first half, especially if you can get plus a half because so many of these games at halftime are tied, uh, et cetera. So I lean Baltimore. I think their corners can kind of match up with Tampa here. I don't like anything I've seen from Tampa, so I would lean Baltimore getting the points.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think to me Baltimore's play, I mean, for whatever it is, at the end of the day, the last three, when you lose, Well, i like to know what you think of this. I said this to Patrick earlier. I mean, how often do you see a double-digit favorite lose twice in a row? I mean, once, okay, it happens. But twice in a row, that's an indication you're not a good team.
5: Yeah, and I think it's its only happened like a handful of times since 1990, something like that. I don't have the stat in front of me. But, yeah, usually when you you, you know—you lose as a double-digit favorite, you bounce back the next week. If you don't bounce back and you lose again, it's a sign that there's big trouble. And I do think there's big trouble in Tampa. That being said, the division's right there for them. It's funny. Carolina, who I also like this week. Carolina could be in first place on Sunday. They're only a half game out because they have the tiebreaker with Tampa. So uh, (laughs) kind of a wide open division. Bounce
4: back. They scored three points. I'm going back to the Bucs. Bounce back. They scored three points in Carolina. That
5: 46 tonight feels steep, Will. Always lean towards these unders on Thursday games. They're always a little choppier. So I would agree. And that's gone up from 45 to 46, which I'm kind of surprised by. I would agree.
4: Yeah. Okay. So if you lean anyway, it's the Ravens. And you do, just to get out in front of it, you do like Arizona catching the three and a half in Minnesota.
5: Love Arizona. Come on, Minnesota laying three and a half to anybody. I mean, it's funny. None of these teams are any good outside the big three, but there's also not a lot of easy outs. There's not a lot of terrible teams. A lot of parody.
4: Thanks, Will. Have a great day, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks, right, Will. Thanks appreciate you. Guys.
5: See ya. Okay.
4: Michael, we got to talk about Ellinger and his impact on the number. Absolutely. In with Washington coming to town. Also, great job, Elliot. Some buyers and sellers coming up next here at Lombardi Line.